Hey, everybody. Welcome to the debut episode of the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast with your host. I'm What A Day Joe, along with The Player. And we are talking baseball movies here in the debut episode. Baseball movies, I you know, it's it's quite the thing. There are hundreds of them out there. And uh, Betty, what do you got? You got a list going, don't you, with uh, the baseball movies? I, I tell you what, Joe, <laughs> it really took a lot of thought because I've seen so many of them. I mean, how many great baseball movies are there? To narrow it down to 10, no, was, I, know, I have a bunch of honorable mentions. So if we have, maybe if I had a little time at the end of the podcast, we <laughs> yeah, can sure. throw those in there. But yeah, I, I really, really... I gave it quite a bit of thought to narrow that list down, but it was not easy. I know. I know. Once you get going, I'm going to start jotting notes down, and all of a sudden, I'm going to have like 20 more of that pop into my head. But Absolutely. I mean, I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch is. listed as it is, but I'm sure you got the good top 10. So, what, what do you got? What do you got for uh, some movies? All right, well, well, I'm going to start with 10. We'll work our way up to number one. So for okay. 10, right. I have uh, Bad News Bears, but now oh, okay. the the original Bad News Bears with uh, Walter Matthau. Uh, was it Tatum O'Neill? Adam O'Neill, yeah. Matt Dillon was Matt Dillon in that? No. Was Matt Dillon in that one? No. Was he? I forget. I don't think he was. No. I, I got no, no, uh, Joyce Van Patten yeah. was yeah. Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Tatum O'Neill was uh, Amanda. Yeah, and Walter yeah. Matthau was uh, Coach Morris. Uh, what was his yeah. name? Buttermaker? Buttermaker, yeah. Now yeah. there were several, there were a few remakes on that, but nothing could top oh. the original. Yeah, bad, bad news bears go to Uranus. I mean, it was like just yeah. a whole mess of follow-ups. But well, what about I, the one? What, what was they went to Japan, right? Antonio, no, they did go to Japan. Yeah, remember that one? That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it was it was a nice. I mean, I'm not big on on most of these movies. I mean, several of them that we mentioned are going to have sequels. Sure. And I mean, to me, the like there's there's very few movies where I, I like I like like Rocky. I love the Rocky oh, movies. Who doesn't love a rock? Good Rocky yeah. movie on a Sunday, of course. But then, like you know, one of my favorite movies is Caddyshack, and then probably my <laughs> least favorite movie is the second Caddyshack movie. It's horrible. I didn't even I watch it anyway. Didn't even watch it. You can't. No, talk you missed. You like missed nothing. You know, my favorite scene in Caddyshack. I don't mean to go off script here, but my favorite scene in Caddyshack is when the bishop is in the in the bar there drinking with the club members, and Ted Knight goes up behind him and goes, "For God's sakes, you're a bishop!" And he looks at me, and goes, there, "My name <laughs> there is, is no God. <laughs> there is no God." <laughs> I mean, you you can watch that movie over and over and find a different line in there that'll just bust you out open, just like Airplane. You can watch that over and over. And so. I can do Caddyshack. And, like, I literally can be, like, every character in that movie. Oh, yeah. Just, like, I was go, go right down the script. <laughs> like, even it's Maggie. So- I, when, you know, I'm going to have it. I already decided. You know, <laughs> when, when he, you know, when he, when he tells, when she tells him she thinks he's pregnant. She's pregnant. I know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. Good she was, I think, cast. wasn't she in Animal House? I want to say she was. She looked familiar. I don't know. That was probably what I, I want to say. She was Dean Vernon Warmer's daughter. Yeah, you know, in the in the carriage waving to the father there. Yeah, Carmine, the exactly. mayor, the mayor. Yeah, Carmine. after her uh, fake boobies fall out, all the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, that's how the, the, the she's only fourteen. Right? There you go. Well, we're going way off script here. Okay, so bad oh, news yeah, beers no, number ten. Who do we get for number nine? Number nine. Number. I feel like you know we're, we're counting this Casey Kasem. So the, for number nine, I have 61, which is a movie that was uh, that came oh. out in 2001. I believe directed it was directed by Billy, by Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Love that. But it movie. really Love doesn't that. have, as far as a cast, yeah. th- there's a bunch of unknowns. I guess the gentleman named Barry Pepper played Roger Maris. Another yeah, man, Barry gentleman Pepper, named yeah. Thomas, Thomas Jane played yeah. uh, Mantle. Uh, right. I mean, uh, looking at the names, a very few of them uh, – Really, really, I mean, Christopher McDonald, 
played Mel Allen. And I mean, that's obviously a name. Yeah, Richard now, Nusser was in it. Um, there were some big stars in that movie. Christopher McDonald was in it too, as well. Correct. Yeah, he was. Yep. He was Mel Allen, and yeah. you know, I, I couldn't. Now the gentleman who played, and none. I mean, the the resemblance of of the the guys who played Mel and Maris was was stunning, in my opinion. Oh, the, uh, how yeah. how much they looked like them, and yep. I like the guy. I can't think of his name. He's a character actor. He's been in a ton of movies. The guy sure. who played Red Barber. Didn't really look like Red Barber, but he sounded oh, for, just like him. But yeah, he's I mean, been in several movies. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm trying to look him up now. Red Barber. He um, let me see here. I know that Thomas Jane was in um a movie with Cameron Diaz back in the in the ninety two thousands. Anthony Michael Hall was in it as well. He was in there. All right. Uh, he he played Whitey Ford. He was the one that always got him out of uh, um, stuff. Bruce McGill, Ralph Hulk. I mean, there's some a lot of stuff. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that was right. I mean, I was born in 1955. I remember the 1964 season is the first season that I remember because I was in third okay. grade and I was allowed to bring my transistor radio to school. Uh, so we could I, got, listen I, just, to I got a transistor Carter. radio behind me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was the first. This, and unfortunately, the Yankees lost, and that was like the last year before they oh, wow. hit. That was their last. Then they went into the the Horace Clark era right after that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, so that that was a kind of a tough time for the Yankees fans, wasn't it? Oh, from sixty five through seventy five. Yeah. yeah, I mean they had a couple of blips, you know, with the, I think in seventy or seventy one they came in second place, but no no postseason for that whole time. Oh wow, that must have been that must have been tough for you guys in the Bronx, huh? <laughs> well, when you think about from like uh, I want to say 1921 until 1964, sure. I don't know how many how many pennants they won. Like in that, it had wow. to be like 30 something pennants and 20 World Series. I mean, Yankee yeah. fans were spoiled. Let's face it. I mean, yeah, the Yan- the Yankees were the equivalent to the Boston Celtics back in that day. I mean, the Celtics, yeah, yeah. they won it every exactly. year, year after year and all that stuff. Cause everything, the competition was kind of stale at that time. A few, you know, a few big names popped in in baseball, um, 67, Yastrzemski, triple crown, right? They oh yeah. Had, they, had, they had an unbelievable year. So, um, yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, 61 was a great movie. I watched that over and over. I remember watching that on, on a VCR that came out during, uh, before CDs and all that stuff, DVDs came out. So I remember that one. That was a good movie. Very good. Now, movie. you know, now, now I have a food for thought though, for a future uh, podcast, maybe we Uh-oh. debate what the greatest team of all time is. Oh boy. That, that that's one, a pod- good one, right? One podcast that, wouldn't cover that. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, I, you got to throw the 1961 Yankees in there. Sure. I'm sure. Definitely. And you got to cap it off with the 2004 Yankees, Red Sox. Yankees. Yeah. 2004 Red I mean, Sox should have kept it off with that. Oh, absolutely. No, you, you, know? you got to throw them in there too. But that that's a great debate. I mean, that's like that's oh. that's total hot stove league stuff. We need we need a whole panel of people on that one. We would, yes. Yeah. From all walks of life. You got to get some Maybe people. Maybe even in like on that call up, uh, call David Ortiz and have him like as a guest on the Big podcast. Poppy. Big Poppy, Poppy. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, who do you get for number eight? Number eight. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to uh when I was a teenager on Tuesday nights. Uh, I don't ever heard of Bruce Morrow, cousin Brucey. Cousin, that uh, sounds familiar. He's and he's on Sirius XM now, but he was like a he was the DJ in New York. Yeah. Oh, and wow. every Tuesday night at six o'clock on WABC seventy seven, they played the top twenty. Oh wow! And I would sit there with my notebook. This is I mean, what a geek I was, and I would actually re- I would record the top twenty survey, and then oh, I would geez. assign points. So num- number number wow. twenty was one point. 
number, you know, obviously number one was 20 points and everywhere in between. So like, and I would keep a tally of each record <laughs> and how many points it had, because at the end of the year, they did the top 100. And I wanted to see how close my top 100 got to sure. theirs. Oh, and I, I mean, they they had some over yeah that that just that was beginning that, of my you know peak, you start talking with about you know listening to the radio and all that stuff and writing this stuff I, I'm automatically uh, automatically going back to Ralphie and a Christmas story when he was trying to figure out that puzzle on on the radio that right. that's the, that's the scene I'm getting right now exactly. with you so. <laughs> no they, they, yeah but whenever I hear like number eight like I think I I, I immediately flash back to like 1969 but my wow. number eight is one of my favorite movies. I just, sure. and I used to watch it with my kids all the time. Angels in the outfield. Angels in the outfield. Saw it once. Saw it once. The, now there was another uh, version of it in the fifties, I believe. Oh, so it was a uh, remake then? Yeah, that's a remake, but now okay. it's it, with, with a twist because um, in the original movie, the, right. the angels visited the manager of the Pittsburgh pirates. Okay. And this, you know, this was completely different. Great, great cast in this movie. You got Tony Danza, Yep, I remember you got, that. Uh, Danny Glover, you got Christopher Lloyd. Um, yeah. Jason, is that the one with the foul, the foul pole bends or something like that? This is a, yes, it is. Yeah, yes, that is it the is. One. Okay. I remember seeing and, that. And one of the uh, Bert, Ben Williams, one of the outfielders wow. in, the, yeah. uh, in, uh, in the movie, was played by a very young and not so famous at this time, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm not sure that. if it was his movie debut or it had to be pretty close. Oh, it's going to be pretty very, close to that. What year was it? What year was Angels that? in the Outfield was, uh, uh, let's see, 1994. Yeah, 94. Okay. 94. That's pretty close to a Great debut, flip, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, but, yeah, it was, I started watching the original, and I, for whatever reason, I couldn't finish watching. I do have it, – it, the, the guy's the manager of their Pirates, and, and they're, like, atrocious, like the Pirates are most of the time. And uh, – <laughs> The fans are riding him as John. Not 1980 with Willie Stargell. No way. <laughs> no, we are family, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Very he was uh, twin MVPs, dual MVPs with Keith Hernandez in 1979. Wow, unbelievable. Yep. That's why we're doing this podcast, Joe. We're we're, we're you know you we go. spent a lot there of time you. with baseball. There you go. What do you got for number seven? Seven. Now uh, for seven, I have a League of Their Own, which came out in 1992. And the only reason yep. why this movie wasn't higher on my list is because right. I despise Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna as uh, much as I love Tom Hanks. But okay. what a great what a great story it is. It's an and unbelievable it's story. story. I've seen the movie a million times. A little tidbit about that movie, if you will, and you hate Madonna, you're probably going to hate her even more. Um, Carol King sings that song at the end of the movie when uh, the you know when the bus really? arrives, she arrives. Carol King wow. was slated. That song was supposed to be the theme to a league of their own. Uh, so when she went to present it to Penny Marshall and all that, Penny Marshall said, great, we'll put this in there. Madonna's executives came over to her. It was in Madonna's contract that um, this used to be my playground. That song turned out to be the theme song um, to a league of their own. And that was written in Madonna's contract as part of her role in that movie. Um, I just found that out. I like the Carol King song better than the Madonna song. Um, but it's just, yeah. yeah, that's a little tidbit there. So if you hated Madonna now, you probably hate her even more since because yeah, Penny she, Marshall, she who obviously she... passed away, um, she wanted right. Carol King to have that song. So they managed to put that song in the movie. However, it was at the end, but, um, but you know, none, actually, no, it's at the beginning, excuse me. It used to be playgrounds at the end. 
it's in the beginning when she's packing and getting ready to go to the field and all that stuff. Um, now and Forever is the name of the song from Carol King. Great okay. song, by the I way. Gotcha. There's a great YouTube video as well. It shows all the scenes from the movies with Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, everybody. Um, great, great movie. Great, great ending, too. So really worked out well. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time is when uh, Jimmy Dugan's getting ready. Tom Hanks is getting ready to board the bus with the team. Yeah. And a couple of kids <laughs> ask him for an autograph. Yeah. And uh, the kid goes, wow, avoid the crap, Jimmy Dugan. Clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> And then Tom Hanks yells out, that's good advice. <laughs> just just a great scene. I know you're going to say when, should... he, when he kisses the the uh, the chaperone there. By the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it just it got a ton of – I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, the I guy who still played, well. Yeah, the guy who played Squiggy was the announcer. I love those announcers back then. Come oh, on out right. to the ballpark. Yes, yes. Bring the kitties, why don't you? I love yeah. that movie. It's great, a great, flip. great movie. Great movie and kind of a semi true story, I would assume, right? I mean, that was all the, about the, I think it was the All American, uh, I'm not sure the exact name of it, Women's All American Baseball yep. League, but they were in they were in business for about I don't know, maybe six, seven years. Yep. I we had my gym teacher um in high school. She was elderly, but she she was retiring when I was in high school. Her name was Mary Pratt. She's actually in the movie because she played on one of the teams back in the day. Oh, nice. Yep. They show her pitching or something in, in the end, you know, when they show because some of those people at the end are the original uh, people yes, that were still that, that alive from, yes. from that league. So um, that was kind of a neat thing. Somebody from the hometown there uh, was in that movie. So yeah, great movie. League of their own. I really tell you good what, stuff. Gina Davis, either oh, yeah. she's a great athlete or she's a hell of an actress because I mean, she just looked like a ball player. Yeah. She, she's tall. She's tall. Yeah. In real life she's too, a, so. she's a, what do they call it? You know, tall glass of water. <laughs> Jojo calls those guys tall drink of water. Yeah. I get it. There you go. <laughs> All right, what do you got for, what are we on? Number six, I think? Is it number number six? six. So this is kind of an obscure movie uh -oh. that maybe not many people heard about is The Scout uh, oh, with okay. uh, yeah. with Albert Brooks and uh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser and yeah. Diane Weist, who's the yeah. Dr. Aaron, the psychologist. And There's a lot of so, therapists in that going on. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Albert, Albert Brooks is Al Percolo, and he nope. gets pretty much banished to Mexico because he's such a shitty baseball scout. Why and, uh, <laughs> and he finds uh, Steve Nebraska. There's this, uh, some, he never, I don't think he ever did mention where he actually came from, but he oh, was I've... just down there playing baseball with uh, donkeys in the outfield, playing for uh, chimichangas and burritos. <laughs> and uh, he signs him to, to this huge multi-million dollar contract. But yeah. Steve Nebraska and, and they do a really good job of not quite saying what his issues are, but he obviously has issues. And Albert uh, Percolo, the scout, uh, there's a caveat in the contract that Nebraska doesn't have to play this year unless the Yankees make the World Series. Oh, and okay. at the time he at the time he made that caveat, the Yankees were like woefully out of you know contention. Sure. But of yeah. course, the Yankees rallied and they made the World Series. And of course, uh, of course. Um, but he, Steve Nebraska, throws. The only perfect, perfect game, because not only does he throw a perfect game, you know, but he records 27 strikeouts. And not only that, wow. he, he records them on 81 pitches. So, so that's he, like, that's just perfect. Th 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 there should be a name for that. Of course, like there's really no need to, because it would never happen. Right, exactly. But, you know, my, my question was after that, like, where do you yeah. go from there? Because like the minute you throw a ball. Yeah, gonna, somebody yeah, from the stands gonna say, "Well, you suck, Nebraska." I mean, like, you might as well you might as well pitch that perfect game, the ultimate perfect game, and just retire. And right. that's it. 
You'll have the league-leading ERA. You'll have record-breaking stats. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, where do you go from there if that was, you know, in real life? That but, is- but Nebraska was the greatest baseball player who ever, ever lived. They even hit a home run in the World Series game. It just, but oh, wow. and his his uh, passion is sure. doing laundry. He, he likes to <laughs> hang out with Al Percolo and, and watch him do laundry. Even though oh, he's you know, go. a gazillionaire pitching for the Yankees, he likes to go figure. People are funny. People are funny. But it, it's, right, it's a it, not a well-known movie, but I, I really sure. enjoy I've seen it many, many, many times, and it's one of my favorites, obviously. Awesome, awesome. All right, what's, that, what's next up? What do you got? All right, well, the iconic movie, Major League from 1989. And I'm oh, God. specifically the first one. Oh, yeah. Just, no, just I, a no great, remakes. great flick. Yeah. Yeah. Major League, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, a who's who of characters now that, that are in that. Um, I remember the owner of that, the Cleveland Indians. I forget her name, but she was in all the Michael J. Fox movies, Secret of My Success. Margaret, Margaret Witten was her name, and she played Ra- Rachel yep. Phelps in the movie. Yep. She was in a couple of movies in the 80s and all that. And you got, um, who's the guy from L.A. Law there? He was in that one. Tom Berenger? Um, yeah. No, nope. that, yeah. that was, he's obviously, he's uh, a Corbin movie Berenson? star. Cor- Corbin Berenson, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. knocks out uh, Charlie Sheen after they win it. Um but what a great, great movie. Great Wesley movie. Snipes is Willie yep. Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> right. <laughs> great movie. I like movie. when I asked him, uh, what, what league did you play in last year? League, <laughs> last year? Oh, California Penal. He, was, <laughs> he stole a car. I don't think you could even make a movie like that nowadays. I'm telling you. You probably no. couldn't. No, no but really right there, right? you get so many groups up in arms over that. that oh, absolutely. Alone, so. But, you yeah. know, you think about, like you said, the cash. You got Bob Euchre. You know, yep. as uh, Harry right. Doyle, the announcer, you got you got Dennis Haysbert. Oh, yeah. As, uh, as uh, Pedro Serrano. Oh, yeah. Uh, Serrano. You got Wesley Snipes. You got uh, Chelsea Ross, who I played. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I think very under- Yeah. Played uh, Eddie Harris. The uh, he was the one that uh, uh, Willie, uh, not Willie Mays Hayes, but uh, Serrano had a like a t- uh, like a what do you call it? A, a, a Buddha shrine. or something. Yeah. Shrine shrine Joe, the, yeah. Bo- Joe Boo is little, you yeah. know, little yeah. shrunken head. And he yeah. had rum, and uh, you know, after everybody cleared out to the locker room, Chelsea Ross, uh, Eddie Harris took a sip, and he goes, "Up your butt, Joe Boo." No, and geez. then he was yeah. out on the field for like five seconds, where somebody took a swing and a miss, and he was oh, walking yeah. towards the bullpen and just hit him right in the back of the neck. Yeah, just a great, just a great scene. But yeah, I wonder I, in in real life, you know, do owners do that? Do owners want to tank the season and stuff like that? Makes you wonder. I mean, yeah, she makes had a legit reason. The, I mean, the, the, the plot comes from somewhere. The writers are writing from, you know, you, you, some people, some of it's real life crossing over. But you just wonder sometimes some of those teams. And, of course, they picked Cleveland at the time, which, you know, pretty much was always in the basement um, over there. So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah the, the Japanese construction work is like always like they, you know, they still suck. You know, they had subtitles saying how bad they suck. Oh, my God. Like I said, you can't make a movie like that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, it, it it was a great one though. All right, what's next? What do you got? Now we're number four. Number four. Uh, this and I I've watched this movie so many times and it gives me goosebumps and all kinds of emotions every time I watch it. Is yeah. the Sandlot and the Sandlot? The, okay, yeah. The end of the movie when when uh, when uh, Benny the Jet steals home. Okay, and his best friend, you know, Smalls is, is the broadcaster for the la dodgers and he goes i don't believe it the jets yeah. stole home the jets stole okay. home and you see them uh you know uh, benny the jet from the field and sure. smalls exchange the thumbs up just a okay. great moment but what a movie 
Yeah, um, that, uh, who was in that movie too? There was a couple of stars in that. Well, I mean, played in there. Um, you had Art Lafleur uh, played yeah. uh, played the Babe. You know, okay. the, the, the dead version of the Babe. Okay. Um, you had um, now you had uh, Dennis Leary who played Small oh, yeah. Dad. Okay. You had now you had James Earl Jones who played Mister oh, yeah. Myrtle, right. who he actually was the, yeah. uh, the the junkyard guy. But it, as it turns out, he was yeah, one Mr. of the greatest Myrtle. players in the history of the Negro Leagues. Yeah, he was Mr. Myrtle. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Dennis Leary was in it. Yeah, got a lot. Daniel Zacapo was the police chief. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they, most, they, most they, of the they, kids didn't really uh, they didn't really chart after that, I want to say, like the, the young yeah. kids. Yep. That was, what, 93 that came out? That was. Uh, I think you yep. are dead on there. 1993. Yep. And it, and it wow. um, I mean, I when I saw that movie the first time, I thought, yeah. holy crap, that is my childhood because we literally, you know, and I, I was usually the first one up. So I got, you know, had breakfast, got my ball, got my glove, you know, got my bat yeah, and knocked on the next door neighbor's door. And, you know, we, we would, you know, circle the whole block, you know, sure. after, we, after all we had 10 of us, we walked to the park, you know, played ball for about man, four or five hours, went home, ate lunch, came there back and go. played till it was dark out. I mean, yeah, it really that. was. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, me and JoJo were just talking about last night. You didn't go home until the uh, streetlights came on. You know, that's that was when it was time to go home. So yeah, definitely. That was the automatic curfew. Yep, that's it. That's it. And one of my favorite scenes was two great scenes. One is when they decide to chew tobacco and get on that tilt a whirl (laughs) with, uh, and you hear the talk, the song Tequila in the background, and then you can show them like gradually losing, you know, tossing their cookies, and then. uh, when I'd uh, probably lose my cookies. America is beautiful. Oh yeah. What's that? Okay. I said I probably would have yeah, tossed like, my cookies too if I got on a tilt to world oh, with a bucket full oh, of uh, yeah. chew in my mouth. So <laughs> absolutely. But then uh, Ray Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful and uh, oh, yeah. uh, Benny the Jet hits one in the air and you just, it disappears amongst the fireworks. Uh, just yeah. like scenes like that give you goosebumps. But great there movie. You go. Great movie. So yeah. much adventure. There you go. Number four. What do you got? Number four. Well, that was number four. So number three is oh, that was number four. Very, oh wow, that was number four. Yeah, we're we're moving up there. We're up to the top three. I have okay. number three is the Pride of the Yankees. Uh, okay, which I, I yep. actually have a hard time watching that movie because really I, I remember as a kid. Yeah, because just the part. I mean, I love the whole movie um, uh, up until when he he, he gets sick, right. and then it's oh, just yeah. it's yep. too much, but. Gary Cooper, what a what an actor! Um, exactly, yeah, and he was uh, Walter Brennan. Was Walter Brennan before he became uh, yeah. uh, Grandpa McCoy? Dang, neighbor Luke. Yeah, <laughs> remember the, the real McCoys? I'm, I'm dating myself. That. I'm so damn yeah. old, but yeah, that was played a cameo in it. Played himself. That was, that was one of those movies came out in 1941. That was one of those movies where my uncle and my father, if they were flipping through the channels or, or turning the TV, I should say, before remote controls, um, if that movie was on, they they kept that movie on. So that was always oh on. yeah, that, that, that that's an Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, something like that. That came on, and yeah, that that one was that was a tough one. He gives that speech and all that stuff. So yeah, and another one like Gary Cooper. I mean, he had to, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about Robert Redford too. Yeah. Uh, these guys, like even Gina Davis, like they did a great job. You know, they, they looked very athletic. And I don't know what Gary Cooper's background was. Sure. But he no, but I think, I think he had some type Barrett. of background. I think he, yeah, he was tall, dark, handsome. He was that guy. Um, he was Hollywood back then. 
how many great movies did he have? Jeez, like I, I still could go and watch. Is it? I think it's Meet John Doe. Is that oh, the yeah. name of it? Probably. What a movie. Yeah, I think he. A little before my time, but I know exactly who he actually, is. Actually, you know, and actually, in fairness, mine too, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking about '40s movies. But yeah, yeah, he was just. I mean, he was that. Him and um, like uh, Jimmy Harry, Stewart. Jimmy Stewart was tall Jimmy too. Jimmy Stewart. They were all these leading men were very, very actual leading men. They were tall. They were larger than life characters, almost similar to pro wrestling back in the day. Where they I wonder were what kind of life. money they made back then as far as, you know, and, and what it would equate. I wonder I if they made the equivalent of like what a, what a Tom Cruise would make as a, as a leading role. I would say they made a lot, but not as much. Maybe because there wasn't as much available back then. Um, you know, for the, the glamour life thing, you know, there's always the nice car and the nice house and everything, but you know, I, did they travel a lot back then? I don't know. Um, you know, I bet you they didn't make more than 200,000. I bet you, nah, they didn't yeah, I, I wouldn't say. Yeah. And even yeah. if you index that to in, with inflation, yeah, we'd have to, I, we'd have to reference that. That could be a whole nother show too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know what, that's a good point because, you know, I, I read, I mean, as a child, I've read countless baseball books and i remember yogi Berra's book oh yeah and i remember him signing one year for like seven grand oh my god and, and you know so seven grand in the early 50s that's I, no, no matter what you even if it equates to 700 grand now it's still for an autograph for yeah. an autograph oh my god no i'm saying for for his contract yeah oh his contract yeah his I contract, wonder... seven... yeah so, i mean at seven hundred thousand for yogi Berra, who won three mvps when you know these guys are making 30 yeah. times more than that. It's funny when you talk about salaries real quick, I don't want to go off script, but I was watching a sports show back in 1980 and um, uh, Tommy Lasorda was on it. I think it was like something like Barbara Walters. You might be able to YouTube this too. And Dave Winfield got the big contract for the Yankees first multi-million dollar contract or whatever. And, yes. and then they asked Tommy Lasorda is like, how, how do you justify paying a ball player this kind of money for, for a game essentially? And Tommy Lasorda was dead serious and looked at them and said, you know, if it's it's what it is, if you had to pay a plumber to come to your house to fix something and they charge $10,000 an hour, you'd have to pay it. And that's how it is in Major League Baseball. And that's that rang so true to me. They made uh, those ballplayers millionaires because of the residuals that they get in return. But. That's the way he justified. It. He goes, "That's the business we're in. You play baseball, you make a lot of money. Um, just like if you're a plumber, you make X amount of money." He goes, "If that's the going rate for a plumber to come to your house, then you pay it." Same thing with baseball. And I thought that was, you know, as I think I was twelve or thirteen at the time when I heard that, and I'm like, "Wow, that's what an analogy uh, to, to you know, to say about a, a ball a ball player making that kind of just to justify it was kind of funny to me." So I, I think in a way now is kind of payback because i mean all those years before free agency where the players were totally at the mercy of the owners and they owned you they really owned you back then right oh yeah yeah. Yeah. was it 53 1953 i think when mickey mantle won the triple crown he hit like i think it was maybe 56 yeah but um he hit like 53 homers he hit like 353 um and his contract for the next year yeah was exactly the same as the year before Unbelievable, right? And I mean, what what leverage do you have? Well, you, most you, of them, most of them represented themselves too back then. I believe too, they didn't have agents. Oh yeah, they, they, they mailed have, they mailed the contract to your house. Yeah, they they went to your house. The they owner literally mailed the contract to your house. Yes. Yeah, do you want to play first? You want to play ball? Sure, okay. 
Let's do it. You know, there's an my my parents used to have this Italian saying, "Okisto gats," which <laughs> I mean literally means like this or balls. But um, you know, if, if like go have some pasta for you, huh? Yeah, my, my like my dad would say, I'd say, "Hey, dad, what's for lunch?" Uh, I'd say, "He'd say grilled cheese," and I'd say, "I don't really want grilled cheese." He'd go, "Hey, okisto gats," like take uh, it or leave it. There so you like, go. It was the same thing with a contract back back then. Yeah, you, no you because you couldn't go, you couldn't say, "Well." I'm just, I'm not going to play for you. I'm going to play for somebody else because exactly. you couldn't, you couldn't do that. So you were like black. Once, yeah. 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 Once free agency came into being, I really think that uh, the player, yeah. I think they got way, way, way below their market value for years and years. Oh, definitely. And then once free agency came into being, uh, you know, into play, yeah. then they started making what they probably should have been making. I mean, I don't see more money, more money and less rules and all like that. It was crazy. Yeah. Right. I mean, you see the ball I mean, plays is- like, Yastrzemski, 67, Triple Crown, probably made peanuts back then. If you do something like that nowadays, you, you know, it's in your contract. You get like a $20 million bonus or something like that. But I can't imagine. I, I, I wonder because kind of Yaz, like Yaz is still around, right? He's about 83. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's up there, yep. 83, yep. But, I I mean, I wonder how he – what he made and what I wonder how he feels, like what, what kind of money he would have made if he was playing now. Yeah, you'd have to have a conversation with him in a bar room for that because I don't think on the record he would he would say anything legitimate, so to speak. He'd probably give you the general term that they the blanket statement that everybody gets. You'd have to have a real conversation with them because I am sure you got the you know the Jim Rices and the Fred Lins and the Kyle Stremskis, and I'm sure back in the day, even Reggie Jackson, um, you know, Mister October. He, I don't, I, I couldn't even tell you what he was making, and he's the one that set the record for the home runs in the World Series. So, I don't know. think Reggie ever made more than like say three or four hundred thousand a year. That, isn't that crazy? That's absolutely crazy. And absolutely again, crazy. If, if, if you jack it for inflation, you're maybe talking like so you maybe two to three million. Yeah, I mean, reserve outfielders make that kind of money, and yeah. like the yeah, so. Yeah, that's another example. Talk like I wonder how a Reggie feels about what the, the kind of jack these guys are making, and like, do they wonder like, man, I was born way too early because I would have. Although I think I think they were well. Like, it's got to be Yaz was was. It's like got to be similar to pro wrestling. You got the Ric Flairs and the Hulk Hogan's who pre you know pre, pro wrestling days traveled three hundred and sixty days out of the year and made a a fraction of what some of these guys make nowadays. Right. Um, and, you and know, and they'll say they're the founders yeah. of the sport and all that stuff. They got to be rewarded in some way. I mean, there's got to be some type of give back to Major League Baseball to all these players who, you know, pave the way for these guys to make that kind of money. Right. You know, there's got to be something. So I would think so. I, I mean, I think most of them are getting some kind of pension. The, the sad thing is, oh, yeah. Well, not sad, but I mean, they're probably making more with their pension now than they actually made as a player. With inflation and all that, I'm sure they are. There's no doubt right. about it. There's no doubt about it. All right, what do you got? We're up to number two now? Number two, the runner-up. And boy, this was tough. Well, number two is The Natural. Oh, with, uh, I love that movie. Oh, I love my God. that movie. Robert Redford. Uh, I want to... <laughs> speechless. It, 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 We're both speechless right now. <laughs> right, because and he, I think we, we both talked about it offline. How many yeah. times, like I've seen that when he hits the home run and it explodes the lights. I played I have, wiffle I've ball. I told, I, I told you we used to play wiffle ball in the backyard and we would simulate those moonshots and we'd call it, it's still going. It's still, you know what I mean? That is just incredible. In, uh, in the storyline behind all that, you know, he gets shot and the injury comes back and all this craziness, you know, he's sick. 
you know, there's a past, and, and there's another bribery, uh, there's scandal, there's oh, just yeah. about a mix of everything in there. there. I mean, really, there's not a lot. I mean, it's a baseball movie, but yep. it's like way, way more than that. There's oh, so yeah. many like, you know, storylines within within the the, yep. the movie, but just you know, you got Robert Duvall as oh, yeah. Max Mercy, the sports writer. You got Bar- Barbara Hershey. You know, she was the yep. uh, I think her name was Harriet Bird. You got uh, what's his oh, name? Who, the, 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 who played uh, the owner? He's been in a ton of movies. Oh, oh Robert Prosky. Oh my God, he he he's like Hollywood Central back then. Robert Prosky was the uh, the priest in the movie Rudy, which is another favorite. Oh movie. yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, he's been uh, in a ton of stuff. He got Wilford Brimley before he. Oh you yeah. Know, Played became addicted to oatmeal. Yep. <laughs> when he died of diabetes too, or something like that. That's crazy. Who knows? But yeah, Glenn Close was was his. Yeah. You know, his a young Glenn Close. A young Glenn yes. Close too. Yeah. Yep. But with that that one now again Redford like the way you know because they they showed his pitching motion. Yeah. And his swing. I oh mean, my god. They were sweet, right? I mean, that was a major league level swing. Yeah. I'm trying to find out who played the bat boy. Is it Bobby? Yeah, George oh, Bobby. Bobby, pick me out a winner, Bobby. Yeah, remember that one? Pick me out a winner. What was the name of the bat? Too, it was called something. He oh, made his gosh. own bats. Wonder like, Boy, wasn't it? Wonder Boy. Yeah, it was Wonder yeah. Boy. That's just incredible. Then he broke his bat. He goes, pick right. me out a winner, and he moonshots that baby. What a what a great movie. Yeah, great. great I, 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 if you like, can watch that last scene and oh. not feel either goosebumps or something, then you need to check up. Well, not even from the neck up. You need you need a, your heart looked at because you don't have one. And the I mean, soundtrack just, was unbelievable too. Oh, I don't know who was. I figured who did the soundtrack, but my goodness, you know, um, I, I joined. I think after this podcast, I'm going to binge watch all these oh, movies. You'll never guess. Conducted by Randy Newman. Unbelievable. Wow. And the uh, often been compared to the style of Albert uh, Aaron Co- Copeland and Bernstein. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Just unreal. Just a- Great, great movie. Yeah, yeah you can hear the- Oh man, the hits the lights and it keeps going. The sparks and everything, and you know, it. It. I mean, it was a tough choice to make this number two and not, and not number one. I mean, in my mind, it's almost it's one A. Sure, sure. All right, what do you got? You got to unload that number one now that number we got. We segued. If you build it, he will come. Oh, uh, feel the dreams. And yeah. then to me, this will always be the goat of baseball movies. I'm going to show yeah, you something right now. You ready? You ready? Because I didn't even now we're doing we're taping this. I didn't know you were going to choose that as number one, but I queued something up just for us. You ready for this? Sure. Ready. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could have sworn it was heaven. Oh, oh my God, uh, Dyersville! You've been there, right? You still be many there? times. I actually hit a ground rule double into the cornfield. It was like one of the greatest. Oh. They just had some random guys. I guess they were volunteers. Yeah, you know, and this place is literally in the middle of nowhere. Wow! And it's exactly—I mean, it was. I don't know how it is now. I've been there in a little bit, but exactly like it looks in the movies. Just yeah. you had people. You know, they brought their gloves. You could play in the outfield. Shag flies. Yeah. Uh, some guy was pitching, like you know, BP. <clears throat> and sure. you got to get like 10 swings and right. I nailed one into the cornfield. Nice. What a thrill. I mean, just, and yeah, I ran the bases and, you know, I'm in Centerville, Iowa, and we're a few hundred miles away from uh, Dyersville, but it is on my bucket list to get up there. 
Oh gosh! You can even you, spend the night. You can spend the night in the house. Yeah, the actual house is still there. The room is still there. You can actually stay in that house for. Well, a day. I think I'm going to add that part to my bucket list. Yeah, because that. Yeah, but I do just, know they block it off for the first couple of weeks in August because they do have the pro game up there. Major League goes up there and plays a game now uh, every year. That's on the that's on the schedule. I think it's a, a I think it was the Yankees that did the first couple um, of games up there. Yankees, I think Yankees White Sox was the first. Yeah, one. Yankees White Sox pinstripes. Yep, they were there. Really so yeah. it's it's a great great experience. I mean, I've seen it online. I want to live it. You've lived it. I want to get up there. It's on my bucket list, no doubt about it. Everybody in that movie plays their part to perfection. Kevin Costner, yeah. you got the you know oh, yeah. um, uh, James Earl Jones as Terrence exactly. Mann, the writer. Film, you got Ray Liotta as scenes filmed in Boston. I you know you watched the movie, you had no idea the Red Sox or oh, the Boston Red Sox would be involved in that. Uh, whether it was a trip to Fenway, um, James Earl Jones living in um, in Boston. And the part of Boston he was living in is actually Chinatown, uh, believe it or not. Oh, really? When they find yeah. him, yeah. That, that was filmed in Chinatown because I think they say, oh, look for the, the, the dead first chicken. first window without a chicken. Yeah, for, yeah, that's Chinatown in Boston. Like, oh, wow. I've walked those streets a million times, and they hang their food right up there for you to look at. It's a whole different So scenario. that was realistic. Oh, that's realistic, yeah. Uh, the wow. scene on Lansdowne Street behind the Green Monster. Yeah, I mean, it's just an unbelievable movie. I, did, I had no idea there would be a Red Sox connection in that movie when that first came out. Uh, I remember them filming it, but I didn't think, you know, I didn't read the storyline about it until the movie actually came out. And you're like, oh, boy, he's looking up at the scoreboard, the old scoreboard at Fenway. And, you know, he gets the message there, you know, um, just a distance. great, great yeah. movie. Great movie. And uh, what's his name was in it? The old, the doc. Who's doc? Oh, Burt uh, Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. He was like Graham. Yep. And and Dwyer Brown, who actually I, I was friends with on Facebook for a long time. Okay. Played uh, John Kinsella, who was you know appeared in the end as as oh, Ray's the dad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, oh, and for me, the, the 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 biggest intrigue. My my dad had passed away like a couple of years before the movie, and oh. you know just the end, really. Like when he says, "Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch?" Because yep. they were they had been estranged in their life. Yep. And you know, the real reason why he built the field, even though he didn't know it, he thought it was to bring Shoeless Joe build back. It, they will come, yeah. But yep. it, the, really, the they, it wasn't Shoeless Joe. The, the, the they so was the, his the, father. The, the biggest uh, question I had is, did Kinsella, Ray's father, know it was him? You knew uh, Kevin Carson knew it was his dad, but did he know it was his son? That's like a big I, question. I, I, I say you yes. You need to believe yes, no, maybe, I don't know. I say yes, because you know he's yes. up in heaven. Surely he's looking down on them. So. Okay. So he knew. Okay, so he knew. Well, and and at the end when he goes, "Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch?" And yeah. oh, you know, that's right. He did say, "Dad." And that's he goes, right. I'd, "I'd like that." And it's so, uh, like, okay. otherwise you would have said, well, "My name's John. What do you call me, Dad, for?" So yeah, I'm I'm going with. I'm, I'm thinking going he with, didn't hear the dad part. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going with the fact that that. that uh, yeah. So that is number one, obviously failed the dreams. You know, I have a list of other movies and so forth. Most of your top 10 was on my list. Um, Bull Durham. What do you, now, I have some honorable mentions. I'd be curious okay. as to what you have besides that. Um, let me see. Moneyball was one that I had. That was, Oh yeah. That was actually, I, I had that as number 10. I kind of, I had a new nose it out. I put, right. I put 61 in, in my top 10 and I had to kick Moneyball uh, out. But yes, opposite of 61. Movie. Opposite of 61. How about 42? Jackie Robinson. Yes, that yes. Movie. That came out a couple of years, a few years back. Uh, Eight movie. Men Out was a good movie. That's on, that's on my that's on my honorable um, mention. Some of them, um, Cobb, uh, The Babe. The Babe with John Goodman. The Babe. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not a John Goodman fan, but like, I think I think he did a pretty decent job playing the babe. I, yeah. I do have that on my list. He, I don't think he can play him now. He's lost so much weight, but um, right. That's something. Yeah. And um, let me see, uh, Bull Durham, as I said, funny, that. funny, and then um, I wrote a couple down while you were talking because I knew my head would go crazy here. Where is it? One of them was a movie with uh, Mark Harmon and Jodie Foster, Stealing Home was one. I don't know if you ever saw that. He was no. a minor league ball, a, a, a baseball player, I'll say, semi-pro ball player who uh, kind of drifted off into life, you know, and finds out that his babysitter, who actually, you know, kind of raised him, so to speak, had passed away, and he had the uh, duty of burying her ashes. So he had to come back home and reunite with his, um, his friend, his ex-girlfriend, and all that stuff, and he he was in the movie. He stole home a lot, and that was one of the things. There it was it's a sentimental favorite um, with that one. That was a good movie, Stealing Home. Now, how about? And I'm surprised we haven't. I'm, I'm sure you're going to recognize this movie. Sure. Fever Pitch. I have that. Film. I was about to say that Fever. Pitch. Oh yeah, which, which but Drew Mar- it, I love that movie. But it's it's a baseball movie per se. But it's based on you know it's not a. It's more like a, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not, it's not like Pride of the Yankees and things like that. No, no, I mean, it's, it's more it's of centered around the 2004. Guy yeah. who's like, he's obsessed with the Red Sox. Yeah, it was crazy because that movie was being filmed in 2003 when they went to the ALCS and then Tim Wakefield gave up the dinger to Aaron Boone and we lost the series. Oh. And, the, and the Yankees went on. Um, they started filming that in 03. Amazingly, in 04, we get back to the World Series and uh, Drew Barrymore and um, Jimmy Fallon were able to film the ending scenes in St. Louis. You oh, know? wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, Fever Pitch was a good movie. That was like it's a really a, it's good a movie. It's a cute movie. I, I, yeah, I, I had that on my definitely on my list of honorable. But there are so Mr. 3000 was one. Oh, yeah. Mr. 3000. You know, he, he didn't Mr. get that 3000. He had to go back and get it. And yeah. So forth. And, uh, for the love that of the was, game. That was for the love, love of the, of the game. game. Kevin Costner again. Yeah. You know, and another and another movie that I kind of like that really you don't find baseball movies that cover um, scouts or you know in a serious manner. Trouble with the curve. Oh, with Clint Eastwood. With Clint Eastwood, Justin oh, Timberlake, yeah. and um, Amy. Is, it um, Amy is, Adams. Other, is the is the girl? I'm, uh, yeah, Amy Adams. Amy she's Adams. Okay. Girl. You know she's right. a hotshot lawyer and all that stuff, and has to go very, take care of her dad and check on her very dad. Very good and, movie. And it's you good. find that the kid who's cleaning the hotel room playing catch with his his brother, and she goes, I heard it. And Clint Eastwood's like, what do you mean? I heard it. I go, I heard it. She know, she was taught how to hear the fastball hit the mitt. Yes. You know if it's legitimate or not with the velocity. Correct. And he's like, oh, you heard it. And and amazingly enough, he goes up against the kid who called him Beanit Boy and all that stuff. And that's a good movie. It's a really oh, yeah. good movie. The kid from <laughs> Scream was in it too. He lost his job. Oh, we got a dog in the house. Who yeah, let the dogs out? The fan club. She, I always she's in the Tony Rose fan club because I had Tony Rose on my wrestling podcast, and she she went nuts. And I said, "Oh, that's your Tony. That's your number one fan." Oh, wow. um, now the, speaking of the fan, that was another one that I actually Mike Monty, my friend, said yeah. that Robert De Niro made a movie called The Fan. Have you ever? Oh, I had yeah. never heard of it. That was um, it was a uh, thriller, I think. Yes. Wasn't he he wanted to kill somebody or something like that? Kill somebody. Yeah, the fan. That was a creepy uh, movie there. I was trying to watch it last night, but I, I, I didn't get to. But yeah, he uh, he yeah, he Wesley Snipes plays the ball player. Okay. Yeah. That that was um yeah, what year was that? 96 that came out. Okay. 
So now, yeah. now here's now I'm going to go old school because this one was on my list too, and sure. also with Robert De Niro, and it was before he was even you know Robert De Niro was uh, banging the drum slowly. I oh think, yeah, I remember that one. Okay, I think it came out in 1973. I can't remember the name of the character, but he played uh, a catcher on the New York Yankees that was uh, dying of leukemia. Yeah, 73 film based on hotshot Henry Wigan, Michael Moriarty assigned to the New York Mammoths. His confident ways quickly went over his teammates. He's the opposite of Robert De Niro, simple-minded catcher. Yeah, that was a good. That was 73 that came out. Wow. Yep. Yeah, 50 years ago. Holy cow. Wow. Same, same year I graduated high school. I just had my – I didn't oh. go. I should have gone. My high school reunion was about three weeks ago. But <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Wait, was that 50 years? Yeah, 1973. Wow. That's just, it's so hard to believe. And then, you know – you. You, you see these pictures of, of people on Facebook. It's like, who's that old person? Yeah. Oh, wait, I sat next I sat next to you in social studies. Yeah. Put and your high school yearbook uh, photo up. You're better off. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking like, well, how come I didn't, like, how come I look so young and you look so old? But then, oh, wow. but then you think, like, maybe somebody looks at your picture and says, man, that guy got old. Who knows? <laughs> but I think that's it. Oh, I have one more. Yeah, what do you got? Um, I, I have the rookie. Uh, oh, the rookie. I, I had the written Dennis down. Quaid as uh, Jim Mars. He was a, a brilliant prospect. He, his arm went out, yep. and he went from being a high school baseball coach uh, yep. back to a major league rookie at the yep. age of, I think, 37, played for the Tampa let me Bay com- Devil Race. Let me compound that and go rookie of the year. The kid from American Pie, Thomas Sheen, yes. Michael, whatever his name is. Yes. With the uh, broke his arm, got it reattached, and you know ended up throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs for the Chicago Cubs. Gary Busey was in that. That's right. And um, who was the little, uh, little big league as well? The um, trainer there, whatever, was the guy from Home Alone. I forget his name. He was one of the burglars in Home Alone. Oh, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. That's yes. his name. I remember yep. that. Yes. That, that was yep. good. That was cute. He was so in Celtic good. Pride and all that stuff, too. So, yep. yeah, that was Little, crazy. Yeah. Little is it Little Big League where, where the kid up inherits the Minnesota Twins? Oh, I didn't see that one. What was that one? I think it's called Little Big League. I, I've Little seen Big it once League. or twice. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have made oh even my mention, but I've seen it. It's a cute movie. Yeah, yeah, the guy's grandfather leaves him the team. Yeah, and uh, I believe I don't know if he manages the team as well, but wow. you know, he, he's an 11 year old kid, in sixth grade, playing ball with his friends. Now he owns the Minnesota Twins. Unbelievable. And, uh, Timothy Busfield was in it. And same, oh, okay. same. He plays the, uh, in uh, Field of Dreams as well. Yeah, um, he was in Field of Dreams. Ray, you got to sell, Ray. Mom, so. Ray, you got to sell. They're going to take this. Right. You got to sell, Ray. Mark. Yep. His name was Mark. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was a he good will go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. You will go bankrupt. There's so many good movies out there. Unbelievable. What a, what a great debut for a podcast, huh? All these movies just, and stuff. Just I, about baseball. I mean, wow. Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. But is that was that all we got? I think that's what I have. I wrote down a whole bunch, and that's you pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I think between the the two of us, yeah, there might be some obscure ones, but um, most of them are we've talked about the rookie, everything, the natural, love the natural, um, unbelievable. Yep, you got it. I don't. I don't think we missed. I'm sure people listen to this. You know, we're going to say, well, what about you know, fill in the blank? And yeah, don't count the sequels, folks. You can't count the sequels, right? But yeah. I mean, if, if there's, you know, if we miss one, I definitely want to know. And if I haven't seen it, I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Billy Bean Moneyball. I know I mentioned that one, but, uh, you know, the following year, he went to the Red Sox. Well, he, you know, he didn't right. go to the Red Sox. He got interviewed by the Red Sox, but the Red Sox took his, uh, his what do you call it? His, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way he was, you know, paying the players for performance and all that stuff. He took that. Right. that the incentives, oh, yeah. Drawing a darn a blank on what it is, but took his idea of how to change the game and 
and next thing you know, they won the World Series. The Red Sox really won the World Series right. outside of Big Poppy. There were a bunch of no names on that team. Um, you know, it, it's very. Uh, I mean, were, were they using like saber metrics? Is that what you call it? Like something like that. Uh, yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill played that guy. He stole from uh, whatever the team it was. I think he, the went to, he went to Yale. He was a money man. He's like, look at this guy walks so many times. Walks equal runs. Uh, this guy right. gets and hit they, by they pitches a lot. That equal a lot, run. Yeah. yeah. And guys who that they normally wouldn't even think of of you know picking. They, yeah. You know, he'd say, well, his on base percentage is you know three seventy. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting he gets on base, so he's going to score runs. And then you wonder how true it is how he like him and the manager was it Art how he had problems with from Oakland. Yes, just telling him you know you got to start this guy, and he's like, no, I refuse. He's not playing well. Then he trades him. Now you have to start this guy, and he's like, you're killing me. You're taking away my team, and he's like, right. You know, it was his way of saying have faith, but, you know, just a lot of ego involved, I guess, in that. No, that's a very, I think, very underrated movie. That's a that's a great yeah. baseball play. Yeah, it's a long, drawn-out movie, too. Um, yeah. The girl who plays his daughter actually is a real singer. She's in Ray, uh, She plays a daughter in Ray Donovan uh, from Showtime. Okay. Was, uh, All right. I did not know yep. that. Yep, good stuff. So everyone gets their start somewhere, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I think this was a great way to kick off a baseball podcast talking about baseball yeah. movies. I mean, there's, there's so many topics we can talk about. We can talk about oh, yeah. money. I mean, the greatest teams of all time, greatest player yeah. of all time. We'll definitely think of another uh, topic for the coming week and so forth, but this has been a hell of a debut um, talking baseball movies here on the debut episode of the twin bill baseball podcast with what a day Joe and the player. But um, you got anything else there, sir? We all no. Said? I, I I really, you know, I, I, when, the minute we agreed to do this, I was yeah. so excited because it's like, yeah, I'm excited I too. Mean, I just love love talking about baseball. I've I've loved it. I went to my first. Now I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah. Um, I went to my first game, and it was ironically Yankees against the Red Sox. It was a 20 inning game in 1964. Wow. And okay. uh, one of my Great base, and I wrote a story. I submitted it to a baseball website. I haven't heard yet back from them, but there was okay. a game in 1965. It was the Yankees and the Twins, and okay. both Mantle and Maris homered in the same game. Oh wow! Uh, so okay. did I believe uh, Phil Linz. Remember him? Okay, yep, yeah. yep. The harmonica guy, and then uh, wow. my, my cousin, my cousin by marriage for about 15 seconds, uh, Joe Pepitone. Oh yeah. Um, I think one of his wives was my cousin. And then, but there was a guy um, named Ross Moschito, which most baseball fans would never have heard of. Wow. He was number 53. Um, I think he only had nine at-bats in the major leagues. No kidding. Uh, or maybe uh, maybe 27 at-bats. He played in over 100 games, but he had, like, very few at-bats. They sure. called him Mickey Mantle's legs. So, oh, but, wow. you know, 65, 60, <laughs> it's 65, Mantle was at the end of the line. He was, you know, in his late 30s. Breaking down, so Moschito would yeah. go to spell him like you know maybe the eighth inning where sure. you know enough to give him a rest, and you know by by then he, he <laughs> rarely would get in at bat. But the game I went to against the Twins, yeah, he hit the left field foul pole, and oh, wow. it was his one and only major league oh, home run. Unbelievable! So I was, was there the, for that. What was it? He hit the foul pole at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, the left field foul pole. And how? I mean, how was it 314 down the line with like, small yeah like 315 or something like yeah. that it was i mean it wasn't a bit it was a you know a chintzy shot but nice. I mean, that nice. was it. it hit the foul pole it was one and only oh. major league home run i was seven eight years old my first time at fenway park and i must have gone I, I think i've sat in almost every seat at fenway park i'm not kidding you when i say that 
I grew up there. I, you know, that's the old joke in Boston is, you know, when Bostonians wake up, they only care about two things in the morning and that's the weather and how the Red Sox did. Right. And, and that's how you grew up. You know, you always, there was always a Red Sox game on, you know, from, from spring training all the way to October. Um, you know, you know, you've lived in the story town, uh, baseball town with the Yankees oh, yeah. and so forth. Red Sox in Boston, synonymous. I mean, when you think of baseball, who doesn't think of Red Sox Yankees? I mean, it's just, it's, and it's, it's, it's I have insane. to say though, the, the, and I'll give you a, I'll tell you a story. My, my nephew wound up moving to Boston and got married there. And my oh, wow. son, Dan, yeah. who now lives in uh, Minneapolis was in the wedding party. Okay. And, uh, he, uh, you know, so he traveled to Boston. My, my son, Dan is a diehard Yankee fan. Like I am. Sure. Um, but he wore all his Yankee gear. They went to a game at Fenway Park. My son, nice. my son wanted to go to Fenway Park, and nice. he said he was treated very nicely oh, by yeah. the Red Sox fans. They, yep. They're good fans. They're passionate, but they're good people. We're knowledgeable fans. Uh, yes, I, I've heard that. I've been to a couple of games outside of Boston and so forth, but very knowledgeable, very courteous. Um, you know, I've seen some of the videos from Yankee fans and all that stuff, and it is what it is. But um, everybody's passionate. They're both passionate towns and so forth. But most people, I mean, back in the day, going to a ball game, were there to actually watch the ball game. Yeah, you right. cheered your home team on. But I can tell you, I sat right behind home plate when I first saw, I think it was 85, 86, Mark McGuire and uh, Jose Consenco came up really and they were hitting back right? to back. And I looked at these guys. I go, these guys, I, something tells me they're going to change the sport because they were huge. Yeah, they, they weren't were, your oh, average oh, ball please. players. They were hitting right. foul balls like they were playing tennis. And they were right. hitting monster foul balls, by the way. I mean, yeah, I met Maguire fouled off like four of them. And these things landed up, you know, two two blocks down the road. And I'm going, these guys got some power. So I could tell the game was changing then. But yep. um, I remember, I think it was 81 or 82 when the strike ended. Um, they opened up Fenway Park for, uh, to watch practice and Yaz walked right by, shook my hand. I even got a, a Christmas card from him because my mother ran into him at a toy store one year. And I was freaked out when I got that Christmas card from Kyle Yastrzemski. That was like the that best had to be ever. a huge uh, thrill. I was like, whoa, you know? So, I mean, that's the passion. You know, we all share it. You share it. We share it. We all remember our first time at the ballpark, and it's always been special. That's something you will never, ever forget. And you know what, Joe? It still is. I mean, it still is. No, there's I, no doubt about I it. love minor league baseball. And the, re- the two reasons yep. why I love it. One is because uh, it's very inexpensive. Like, I, I live close oh, yeah. to the uh, Dunedin Stadium, which is the uh, Florida State League team for the Blue Jays. Okay. And I mean, you can on a Wednesday afternoon, I think it's two bucks. But oh, yeah. Usually it's like seven. You yeah. know, the, the beer is cheap. The, you know, the, the, uh, I no can get a, there's no bratwurst and a beer for, right. you know, I mean, for, you know, uh, 12 bucks. And yep. I can sit there, and get a nice seat on a Sunday afternoon, get sure. some sun, watch yep. baseball. And you never know, like those guys that you're watching, it's like well, going to an indie wrestling show. Yeah. You might be seeing the next great superstar, not even realize it. And then one day you're going to see him on Monday night running. You know, holy crap. I saw that guy, you know, when he, well, when he how, wrestled in front of 30 people. That's how I am with Brian Pillman. Right. So <laughs> you, you get big, it. Yeah. You know, the next Thunder Rosa. Same thing. Right. You know, with AEW, like I saw this so, guy play yeah. baseball and there was like 47 people in the stands here in Dunedin, but I knew he was going to be great. So right. I, I love know, it. I mean, you, 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 when you watch the game long enough, you know who has the talent. You can see it. Right. Especially at that level. But yeah, I love uh, minor league ball, less fluff, just more, just everything centers around the game and that's it. 
There's no outside interference. And these these no guys ego. are hungry. Like they don't have yeah. the million dollar contracts. They're, yeah. they're 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 looking to make the millions, you know, the yeah. million dollar contract, but they're they're hungry. They're they, you know, they want to get to the top and they I mean obviously love baseball, but exactly. they're not making good money down there for sure. Nope. I hear you. But nonetheless, this has been a great debut podcast for Absolutely. the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast. Next time, we'll let everybody know. We'll you know we'll promote the show as best we can. But if you can follow, like, share, whatever you can do, comment on the show, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, and that's going to do it for me. What a Joe Benny, you're all set. Yes, sir. All right, the player. Blast. We are out of here, folks. I want to thank everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Good.